Good morning, tacos. Welcome to the 150th Taco Cast. In today's episode, we're going to be sitting down with Senior Master Sergeant Sander, uh, the first shirts, and we're going to be talking with a group of student fighters about intergenerational communication. Uh, we have Samantha, Michael, Lauren, Aaron, other Michael, and Tyler here. My name is Senior Airman Beckley, and uh, let's get us started. So good morning again. Thanks for coming. Um, I have uh, 21 years time in service. Part of that was active duty. The rest of it's been here at the Air National Guard, and I'm really proud to be a taco. I'm really proud to be a first sergeant. And um, I've gotten the privilege. This is the, this is the sunset of my military career. And so I've been given the freedom, the responsibility from our wing commander to start investing in our up-and-coming leaders, in our new first sergeants, in our new airmen. And um, that's something that comes naturally to me. That's something that I enjoy. And I've spent enough time in the military that I've made some mistakes. I've learned some from some great leaders. And I've seen some things that work and things that don't work. And so I like to have the opportunity to both listen to you and make myself a better leader, but also maybe give you some insight that will give you a jump start. Maybe you will be able to avoid some of the mistakes that I made, and we will get you on the fast track to being effective leaders a little bit faster. Um, one of the things that really intrigues me as I've gotten older and gotten further in the military is how we communicate amongst generations. And it's different in the Air National Guard um, than it is opposed to maybe even the civilian workforce, but definitely the active duty forces. Active duty, we've got people that are coming in as airmen at 18, 19 years old most of the time, and we're retiring people at 38, 40, their early 40s. Um, so we have a much smaller age range. But in the Air National Guard, it's not uncommon to have sometimes three generations that are actively in uniform. So we can have 18-year-olds. We've retired chiefs that have over 30 years of service. I had a very long break in service. I was out for 18 years before I came back in. So when I retire in two years, I'll be 60 years old. I was born at the end of the boomers. And I never really paid a lot of attention to those descriptions of your, of your generations. But as I get older, I'm definitely a boomer. <laughs> Who knew? Um, so it's something that I think we would do well to explore, to understand, and to um, use it as an asset, as a strength. Understand how we communicate between generations and turn it into a positive thing so that we're um, better servants for our communities, for our families, and as military leaders. So that's kind of why I wanted to sit down and talk with you guys, give you some of my perspectives, and then hear from you what are the challenges that you run into, what works well for you, what do you want the, the tail end of the boomers to hear from you in a, a, a no-threat environment. So it's, we're just sitting around with coffee um, on a Sunday afternoon. So that's, that, that's the plan for this morning. So the first question I'd like to hear is how do you believe that your individual, because we've got different generations here. How do you think or how have you experienced that your generation is viewed by older generations? Let's, um, let's give you a target. How do boomers, um, how do you feel like boomers see your generation? What's the messaging that you're getting? Tyler, do you want to start us? Uh, yes, ma'am. Well, a lot of the time it seems like there's a big disconnect between 
like the older generations, the boomer generation and my generation because just simply the way we were raised and the technologies that surround us Mm -hmm. now. Um, So basically all my life I've been surrounded by technology that I could use uh, like computers and phones and everything like that. And that really just changes a lot of things in terms of communications and socializing and stuff that um, was a totally different experience than how you grew up. Mm -hmm. Very true. Very true. Could you be more specific about what's different about the communication and how does technology make that different? Right. Um, One of the biggest things is just how easy it is to contact somebody else. Mm -hmm. Like when you were growing up, there was a lot more letters and then uh, like landlines and stuff like that. While as my generation, you can text somebody instantly and get a response within a minute. Mm-hmm. How about some of you other guys? Um, I think too, like there's not a lot of face-to-face communication like it was back then, rather than like communicating through um, inst- like Instagram, Facebook, um, messaging or like phone calls. Mm-hmm. I think that has like a big uh, part of it too, not being able to like communicate face-to-face or talk about things like that. So one of the things that I noticed as I was learning how to use electronic communication was we had depended a great deal on body language, um, facial expressions, tone of voice, and I found it difficult to learn how to convey that, and so I would find that I would have misunderstandings with people. Do you feel like, um, how, how, how is the generation that's grown up with that communication style, how do you convey emotion do you find that that's a challenge? Um, yes, I be- yeah, I think it is because um, it's hard to whenever you're texting, for example, um, to per- like how you perceive how they're saying something mm-hmm. or their tone, like you said, or like their body language. Um, I also think that like our generation is looked at as like more lazy and kind of like things come to them because a lot of the older generation. Um, they have had to like work harder mm-hmm. and a lot of people think that they're just like enabled. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. So me as a 27 year old, uh, um, pretty sure Baka can actually relate to that a little bit. And uh, Michael, um, us as growing up, we never really had that communication as much with like the, um, like with the technology. Mm-hmm. So we were still stuck in that whole um, going to the library and having to do our studies to the libraries. We never, we had the computers, but the computers were like very minimal. Mm-hmm. And those were only like, if we absolutely needed them to have like a really, really like nice piece of paper to write for school. Um, so as far as the way the generations have changed, I believe that technology, like they said, has made a huge difference. Um, Nowadays, we don't really see as much communication um, as far as it goes with like people from an older generation. The older generations, it's more of a sit down, let's have a beer, drink some coffee and talk about the old times or actually talk about what's going on nowadays. Um, nowadays, we're just sitting behind a screen looking at a bright phone and texting and messaging and we forget to actually interact with the people that are around us to actually hear the stories and actually um, have that one-on-one conversation with somebody instead of being behind a screen. So are you saying that when older generations, I don't want to use the word accuse, that's too strong. When they state that our younger people 
are a slave to their phone, do you think that there is some truth to that? Oh, yes. I believe so. Okay. Um, there's a, a big quote that Albert Einstein actually came out with, and he says, I fear the day where technology will um, overpower um, the generation, and that is when we will have a group full of idiots or something wow. around that. Um, so, and I can't remember the exact same quote, but it's somewhere along those lines. Mm -hmm. And I feel that we've actually hit that. Um, we've actually hit those guidelines at this point. Um, but I just, in my generation, I feel like it was, we actually communicated a little more. We actually got to uh, enjoy the time that we hang out with each other instead of being on the phone. So you, sounds like you see a difference between folks that are in your peer group, your age group, and the next decade coming up behind you. So yes, you've got a, um, a perspective in that generational gap. Yes, ma'am. Okay, that's I, interesting. Um, I'm sorry, uh, for like me, I have a three-year-old. Um, so I have a three-year-old daughter and um, she's so stuck on technology, like phone, iPads, tablets, um, YouTube, Netflix. She just wants to be on her phones. Um, we as kids, I know that Michael and Baca can actually probably relate to this, we never had that technology. We, well, I had the TV and maybe like Sega, Nintendo, yeah, but most of our time was playing outside. Mm -hmm. you know, we never really stuck inside because our parents were always telling us, go outside and play. We never, we were never stuck inside the home and if we are stuck inside for so long, my mom and I, my dad would always like kick my butt and tell me to leave, get out. I don't want to see you, go out for a couple of hours, go play, whatever. Yeah. And now it's just kids want to be on their phones. So I feel like they're, just zombied out right now. Okay, Michael. Okay, uh, so my experience as a, a millennial, um, uh, as far as generational gap between those uh, before me, you know, such as the boomers, mm -hmm. um, I do believe that there are some some stereotypes. Um, the main ones that I come across just in conversation with people is, uh, you know, uh, that millennials are very lazy, mm -hmm. um, more sensitive, um, non antisocial, um, which. It, it may have been we may discuss a little bit it's it's more of a difference of communication but uh it those does come the, off those are the types of things the exact types of things i want us to talk about yes it's um it's it's a different kind of communication but um you know slight mannerisms um things that i was raised with myself uh, i was raised with my grandparents in the household mm. um so i was able to get a lot of their values um and i've noticed even amongst people my age um, you know, eye contact, um, that's, that was something that was taught as respect for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people my age, however, um, they tend to feel that that's intimidating. Um, and that, that may be a little bit to do with, uh, I mean, when growing up in school, we did have a, you know, an environment that we were growing up in where um, it was very much about you and how you feel and you need to be happy and... Um, well, we, we all need to be kind to each other, which, of course, is great values. It's mm -hmm. great things to teach. Um, but we were, we were also told, you know, that you can be whatever you want. Um, again, great message, um, but as it applies to the real world, um, now that may be why, you know, the older generations see us as potentially, like, like entitled, um, because we feel like we deserve what we want um, rather than, the mentality. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure that it was pushed hard enough on us mm. as a whole, mm -hmm. um, of course, speaking in generalities, um, that you have to earn what you want, mm -hmm. that, you, that you really have to, you know, put your, put your boots to the dirt and, and push mm -hmm. 
for what you want, um, that it's not going to be handed to you. Right. Um, and that, that is something that I see amongst people my age is, uh, you know, it's always, why is this happening to me? And, you know, why is, why is the sky falling on me? Mm. Um, when in all reality, we're dealing with the, with the same struggles that people before us have dealt with. Um, it's just a new age. There's newer technologies. Um, there's different ways of doing things. Um, uh, and it's just a different intellect. Mm -hmm. Um, but there, there are some things that could be better. I, I would agree. I, I agree a lot of the time with the older generation, um, when we're being general, Mm -hmm. um, especially about communication styles. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as I had mentioned, eye contact is extremely important. Um, as you had mentioned uh, a moment ago, uh, facial expressions, tone, mm-hmm. um, these are all, um, I, I had read at some point, I think if they say like 80% of communication is through uh, body language and tone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the very little is just the spoken word. Mm-hmm. Um, and while, uh, you know, we did have, uh, as, as it was mentioned, uh, the, the early years, of us, you know, not having computers for everything. I mean, I did, I did have to use an encyclopedia. I was told to go grab the encyclopedia when I had questions as a kid. Um, but in our more mature years, you know, coming in, coming of age into middle school, high school, um, early years of college, we very much did have that, mm-hmm. that, you know, phone and internet in our hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it, personally, I feel that, you know, the millennial generation, we do have a little bit of a foot on both ends of the field whenever it comes to the generation before us um mm-hmm. i think generation x and uh you can't keep it straight honestly. yeah it's it's tough for me to keep track <laughs> of too and uh the one after us gen generation right. z right. um so we we got a little bit of both um whereas we we do have some you know communication skills um some form of work ethic it can generally be looked at as much less than you know boomers and gen x um and while that may be true to a physical effort point of view um the the landscape of of jobs and opportunities has completely changed it's it's a uh, you know if you if you're working hard a lot of the times you're doing something on the computer you're using your brain yes um yes. and it's because technology is taking over a lot of jobs mm-hmm. um that were once physical mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that stereotype, you know, at, at one point can be true. Um, some, some people do, you know, need that push, that extra push to get work done. Um, but it may be also just be driven largely because the work is different now. Yes. It's, it's not the same world. The world changes. Yeah. So let's, um, so we've kind of talked about how you perceive that generations that come before you have perceived you. So now I want to talk about you're getting that messaging all the time. The message is coming through loud and clear, whether we intend to do it or not. So with that knowledge, how do you think that affects the way that you communicate with people in your sphere of influence? Um, for example, I didn't pay a lot of deal, detail to it, but in the last six months, the political scene has been really, really um, aggressive's not the right word, but it, it's been really not a happy place. And there was um, a member of, uh, I think millennials, and she was uh, a political figure, a government official, 
and she was being heckled from the audience by someone who was identified as a boomer. And that entire communication was just really, really not positive. So he was heckling her, and her response to him was, okay, boomer. And it struck me as I was thinking about what we wanted to talk about, how you perceive that I see you, um, how much respect or disrespect I have for you, impacts how we can communicate. So if you agree or you disagree, talk to me about that and how it impacts how you communicate with someone who's older, maybe someone who's in your same age group. Is it productive? Um, do you ever want to be the bigger person in that conversation and say, okay, in your head, you have made a judgment about me that is inaccurate, but I'm going to overcome that and we're going to turn this into a positive conversation. Or human nature is to take the easiest course of action and just shut down. So what's your experience in, along those questions? Okay, so uh, on, on that subject, um, I do uh, agree that it happens mm -hmm. um, a lot more often than I would like to see it happen personally. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, uh, it's a tool. Um, it's a defensive tool, defensive mechanism um, to be able to try to discount somebody's opinion or point of view um, by, by making a real quick statement that you're of a different age group, you're from a different time, you wouldn't I understand. I see. Um, yeah, I and, and you know, to me, that I don't, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's great. Um, to me, um, logic, which is something that is practiced by everybody every day, it's sound, it's measurable. Um, you know, somebody can't just say, you know, my logic's different than yours, so that's why, you know, I, I think it, logic is actually measurable um, with regards to facts. Mm -hmm. um, there are things that come down to opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but logic, in, in my head, I mean, it transcends age, time. Um, it is, it's just a very fluid measure of conversation. And uh, I think when people feel threatened, whenever they feel their threat, their uh, intellect has been threatened, um, or even just they feel insulted, um, you know, comments such as, okay, boomer, mm -hmm. um, something like that. It, it's just a way to distance yourself from having to intellectually engage this person. Mm -hmm. um, and that can either be because you don't take them seriously, because they have, you know, insulted you. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you don't want to take them seriously. Mm -hmm. Or it can be because, you know, you, you don't have the, the knowledge to actually rebut something. Um, so rather than just say, you know, you know, I, I don't know enough about that um, to, to further this conversation, or even sometimes you do have to admit that, hey, you know what, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't want to, sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you know, bite the bullet on that. Right. Um, and a lot of people don't like doing that. Mm -hmm. um, maybe that could be generational. Um, I've noticed a, a lot of people my age and younger tend to have a really hard time at saying and admitting when you're wrong um, or when you just don't know something. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's something that I think could be worked on. I'm not gonna act like I know how yeah. to fix that. I don't think um, that the younger generations are the only ones that do that because I think it's human nature. It's difficult for me to humble my pride and say, you know, I don't, I'm not the subject matter expert here. You are, let's work together, let's team. Sometimes my human nature wants to say, I feel threatened, I feel inadequate, I don't wanna have this conversation. In the military sense, 
I'm a senior NCO, I'm an E8, I need to give it, um, I have to have a bearing of being in charge, and it's counterproductive to our mission and to our, our uh, esprit de corps to do that. So I don't think you guys have the corner on the market. I think it's everybody. Okay. Um, I guess whenever I'm speaking out to that, I, I could very much just be living in my bubble of, of who I communicate with, mm. you know, on, on a more frequent basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do feel, and it, and it could, of course, be part of that, you know, that scope. It's who I communicate with a lot. But um, I've noticed a lot of people around my age um, that are more likely to, to okay. lash out okay. um, whenever those corners so are reached. So your experience is that it is more heavily weighted on younger generations? Yeah, it's seen as more acceptable, I think, is what it is. Oh, okay. Um, it's not condemned quite as much. Um, there's a lot more people rallying around you that, oh, yeah, you know, just because they agree with your opinion, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, oh, don't, okay. you don't have to listen to that booner. And it, it reinforces it is what it does. Okay. Yeah, I can see, yeah, I can think of, ex- of examples where I've seen that type of, um, you almost become a tribe, yeah. and tribes will rally around each other. How about somebody else? Lauren, what have you got on your mind? So I would just like to say that I think the biggest thing is balance, and so we're in such a unique time, a unique day and age with social media, that balance of like the OK Boomer thing turned into memes on memes on memes. And so then it made it yes. look okay because they got popularity out of it. They got these a difference, a whole, because it was a joke. And so I think the balance of social media and respect has become a little, a bit of a gray area. And mm-hmm. I think that there's, um, I don't know, it's just, it's we're in a unique time. And I think I'm a millennial and like seeing the younger generation, like I, like we talked about, like I am definitely in this line. I have one foot on both sides. Yes. So when I was raised, I was raised to respect elders, no matter what. If I don't know something, mm-hmm. I am out. To, I'm expected to learn it, and whatever. But now I'm seeing this side of this social media, where, especially coming into PA, like it is almost my job to keep a social presence. Yes. But you true. have to do it in. A, a unique way and a respectful way and everybody's mm-hmm. fighting for this this idea and this thought of who who they want to look instead of who they are and I think I'm just gonna keep going back to that word balance of finding that correct line that we have to walk because it's turned into such a gray area knowing from just general messaging that you're absorbing in our society mm-hmm. how older generations Millennials <coughs> boomers view your generation right um, generally how does that impact um, how you communicate with millennials, boomers? Do you pick and choose what you want to communicate with them? Um, do you? How do you choose what communication method? Talk to me about that. Right. So um, I think a lot of the disconnects um, between the generations like that can be associated to technology again. Okay. It's like um going back to the whole um topic of the girl was giving like the speech mm-hmm. and then the heckler mm-hmm. and then the okay boomer thing yeah it was um i think it's a whole idea that okay um millennials and generation z have grown up with more technology than any past generation and through that um they think that they're smarter because 
they can like inherently go, okay, well, we don't know about this. I can look it up real quick and we can figure out what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, boomers didn't grow up around that technology. And oftentimes a stereotype to go along with boomers is that they're slow to adapt to the modern technology. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, why should I listen to you when you don't know how to use all these things that are available to us right here? And I do. Mm -hmm. So how do you typically find yourself um, automatically reacting to what might be an adversarial um, conversation with an older generation? If you're not thinking about how you're going to engage, what's your default? Um, if I'm not thinking about how I'm going to engage, a lot of the times I'll have like just little arguments with my dad or something like that, him coming from Generation X and then me being from Generation Z. Um, he obviously grew up a lot with the outside stuff and developed into the technological stuff. And I think I see two very different defenses between me and him when you're just not thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I see in him more of like, um, like, no, like I have more experience in this world. Like I know what I'm talking about. And I go, well, you might know what you're talking about, but I, I can have an opinion too. Yes. I've looked at stuff and like, it, it's not going to get shut down like that. Yeah. Yeah. So do you find, um, as you are becoming a young adult mm -hmm. that, um, do you, do you have an awareness that you can have some control on how those conversations go? Uh, Do you ever intentionally think about how you're going to engage with someone that might want to make that conversation adversarial? Um, I have put some thought into it. I, I do try to be uh, politically active, so that I think that also uh, has shaped my response to things. So I think um, when I'm in those situations, I try to guide the conversation in a way to where it like, logically makes sense to what we're talking about if, if it's not that default reaction. Um, if you take the time to think about it and you go, well, look at all these different scenarios, which one of these is the logically most sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good to know. Somebody has to be the bigger person in those conversations. Right. Somebody has to decide that the outcome of the conversation or the communication, I say conversation, but I guess I should say communication because we're not limited to that. Somebody has to decide that the outcome is of enough value that they will change their communication style so that the co that, that communication becomes successful. And my personal opinion is, is that that, that um, should most heavily weigh on the older generation. And the reason I say that, the reason I've come to that opinion is, I have uh, twin sons that are 35. And I wish that I had had a better awareness when they were teenagers because I could have changed the communication and it probably would have been more productive. So as your dad, your dad does have more experience in the world. Yes, ma'am. However, that doesn't give us privilege or it shouldn't. What it gives us is responsibility. Um, it's very important to me as a military leader, um, as a community a participant and leader to change the dynamic so that when we communicate with, with our younger people, um, we treat you with respect. We come into that conversation with a 15, 16 year old or an 18, 19 year old airman. 
and acknowledge at the beginning of that conversation that the world is a very different place than when I was 15, 16, 17. You bring um, a passion to not only see the wrongs that you see in your community and your world, but a passion to make things better. If we've done our job to raise our young people, then you have a sense of right and wrong. Um, you have some empathy. And I know I saw that in my boys. I see that in our young airmen. And so it's on us to start conversations with all of you that acknowledge this is the world that you're inheriting, um, that when we came of age, I think we forget this. When I was 17, 18 years old, I was looking at the world around me, looking at the political situation, the environment, the economy, everything, and thinking, what on earth have you, all the grown-ups been doing? <laughs> Who's been in charge? Because things are not the ideal that we raised, I was raised to be. And so I wonder if you would tell me if you experience the same thing, because I think it's a pattern. I think every generation that is coming of age feels like we were maybe not lied to, but misled. I read, raised my boys to believe that you can, if you work hard enough, you can do anything you want to do. Um, that the establishment was the good guys, no matter what, black and white, the world was a black and white place. And as they became adults, they started looking at the world and going, wait a minute, that is not necessarily true. And it's a pattern that repeats, but we forget. We get into our 30s, our 40s, our 50s, and we forget what it was like to be 18, 19 years old.